Greetings and salutations, everybody. This is Daniel D. with A Ghost in the Machine, the podcast. And I'm going to release this on Sunday morning, uh, August 6, 2023. Going to talk about racism this week. Do a little rant slash ramble on the subject in light of a recent news story. Maybe you've heard it about a uh, Canadian principal who was who committed suicide after being publicly shamed as for being a so-called racist um, by a DEI trainer. Uh, anyway, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. But first, before we get to the subject of racism, I'm going to read a little note from, uh, this is on Substack's notes, John Carter from Postcards from Barsoom back on April 22nd did this note, which is great, and I'll post a link to it in the notes for this uh, for the show and if you're listening to this on a podcast app or streaming platform, you know, uh, go to the Substack page. Um, you know, I prefer listening to podcasts myself on podcasting apps because it's more user-friendly. But, you know, there's going to be more stuff on the Substack page. So go there. You know, you can see some of the stuff that I'm going to link to better. Um, and subscribe there also, you know, so that uh, you don't miss out on any great stuff from me. You know, you get emailed. Whenever I release something written or verbal, whatever, uh, make your lives better by subscribing to my Substack. Anyway, over right, back to what I was going to say. This is from John Carter from Postcards from Barstool from April twenty second, and he says, "At this point, racist is basically just an ethnic slur for white people. I feel like white people should just own it, make it their word that only they can say. Meet another white person. Hey, what's up, my racist?" Not much, racist. What's up with you? Anyone else uses it in your presence, just chimp. Yo, what the fuck you just called me? Actually, I feel like this is already low-key happening. White libs already established the frame that all whites and only whites are racist and that they spend their time wallowing in that. On the right, you've got the esoteric circle of dissident anons who openly identify as racist without being bothered by this. And then you've got the exoteric circle of conservatives who rail against critical race theory in the schools and get performatively outraged by any and all accusations of racism against their person. So the elements are all there. Come back in a decade and only white people will be allowed to use the R word. And then in one of the replies, John Carter added, I dream of a world where Skynet will prefer cities be nuked than that a single white person be called racist. So, of course, if you recall, chat GPT, that... uh Man, it's so lifelike. I could have sworn Chat GPT was talking to a real person, or at least a real fucking libtard NPC moron who just glitches out and rage quits the chat if you get it to contradict itself. Um, anyway, if you recall, there were the stories about Chat GPT that uh, it would, you know, would you rather like, you know, use the N word or nuke cities? And it would be like, oh, I'd rather, you know, basically, it would rather nuke the world destroy human life than uh the n-word be used because that could be so triggering and offensive to black people you know the harm you know if you're a utilitarian of course you're gonna say well obviously we got to destroy humanity so that the n-word never gets used again so anyway uh but yeah what he's saying though about the term racist being an ethnic slur basically for white people i mean it's basically that's what it is you know at this point right it's like you get this whole mantra and uh, I guess the, the the term racism, well, okay, let's take a step back for a minute. Here's how it's used. It's like people will use the term racism and they'll expect, it's kind of like a modern Bailey thing, but it's a little different. It's like they'll, they'll use the term racism 
to, to describe something. And they'll expect it to have the emotional import or the emotional effect. You know, expected to have the connotation that the term racist or white supremacist or whatever would have had, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, right? So they're, they're thinking, you hear the term racist. I mean, at one point in time, when people would hear the term white supremacist, racist, whatever, they would think of Bull Connor, you know, fire hoses being emptied full blast under like, you know, black children peacefully protesting in Birmingham, right? Holding up placards with Bible verses on them and things like that. And then the police just unleashing, you know, attack dogs and, you know, turn on fire hoses and spraying them, which those fire hoses are no joke. There, You see the kids in some of those videos like being knocked down and bounced off the pavement by these things, right? So it's like people would have this image in mind. This is what racism is. And then they'd hear the term used to describe somebody as this person's racist, they're white supremacist, and the, and the expectation was that you would have, you would connect those two, that feeling of like, oh my gosh, they want like police to like just turn fire hoses onto black children, you know, and and knock the you know placards with the Bible verses out of their hands with this you know fire hose just knocking them down on the pavement and unleashing their attack dogs on them like that's what this person wants. We need to cancel them. They shouldn't be working here or whatever, right? That's the expectation. But over time. You know, they just apply the term racist or white supremacist to like ever more crazy, you know, paper thin instances where it's like, oh, the person, I don't know, said that um, just notice, like, for example, there was a story of Georgetown, I think it was Georgetown, a law professor who in private was, you know, talking to another law professor was like, you know, I don't know what's going on. It's like... Every time I do an exam, it's like the the black pe- the black students are are just doing the worst on the exams, you know. Like, what's going on here? Not even saying anything, not even drawing any conclusions, just saying like, "Hey, I see there's like this thing going on where it's like the black students seem to be, you know, having just an inordinate amount of trouble by and large passing exams, you know." Well, that got leaked. It was like, oh, she's a racist. She's a white supremacist. And so it's like the, the, the knee-jerk reaction. Like, oh, my gosh, you want to turn the fire hoses onto black children and release police dogs onto black kids to eat them alive and blah, blah, blah. You know, she's obviously wants to put black people back in chains on the plantation and have them picking cotton again, right? It's like just noticing that the black students are the ones primarily having problems passing the exams. I don't know, maybe because they're diversity admittees. You know, they're admitted for reasons other than competence. It's like, oh, we need more black students on the campus. You know, maybe that's why. I don't know. But because lest we even get to that point in the conversation and say, geez, I wonder why. It's like, let's just call her racist for even noticing. And that's it. So, you know, that's just one example of many. But it's like over time. And then it only goes one way. It's only applied to white people, right? So it's like, for example, on Twitter, before Elon Musk bought it, um, you know, under the old regime, the Jack Dorsey regime, where it was like they're colluding with the CIA and the FBI to censor posts on behalf of Ukraine security forces, on behalf of the war machine, on behalf of the, you know, big pharma and all that, right? Back in those days, you would get canceled for anything on Twitter, right? Like you make the least, if, if a white person was to use a racial slur against or towards a black person, they get canceled. They get their account removed from Twitter. You you say something that a black person takes offense at, reads the wrong way, whatever, it's like, boom, you're off of Twitter. But black people, on the other hand, 
hey, whatever the fuck you want to do, right? So it's like you would have Tariq Nasheed, you know, uh, retard who, you know, likes to, uh, yeah, he's, he's like basically an open black supremacist, right? So he would have, during this old regime, so this isn't even Elon with, you know, we've relaxed the rules now, you can say more things without getting canceled. No, this was back under the Jack Dorsey regime, you know, in partnership with the CIA, FBI, right? Canceling for any perceived offense against racial minorities, you know, transgender or whatever, right? So Tariq Nasheed, back in those days, would have Twitter chats or whatever the thing is, Twitter space, that's the name for it, where you have people come together on like an audio call, right? So he he put together Twitter spaces with titles, with names like, and, and people in his circle would put together these things. You know, one of them, the name of the Twitter space was Mayo Monkeys Gotta Go. Mayo Monkeys Gotta Go. And not and by go, they mean like off the planet, like not exist on planet Earth anymore, like be exterminated, right? Like, you know, which of course, you know, the thing is, is like that's not racist because black people can't be racist by definition because, you know, racism is just power plus prejudice. And it's like black people don't have the institutional power. Well, what about the vice president? What about like the, you know, pre- former president Barack Obama? What about these billionaires? What about Oprah? What about, no, they don't have power. That's not real power, you know. Uh, meanwhile, Bubba, you know, living in his single wide trailer in Appalachia, he's apparently got power plus prejudice because he's white. So that's all the evidence you need that he's prejudiced. And he's got power because white people have this privilege. And so therefore he's racist. But, you know, Barack Obama, he's not powerful at all. He can't be prejudiced. You know, so whatever. So again, Tariq Nashi could have a thing like Mayo Monkey's Gotta Go, and by go, like exterminated. Kind of like that song, which maybe you've heard. It's been uh, in South Africa, apparently, their uh, you know political rallies with black politicians singing or chanting, kill the Boer, kill the white people, whatever. It's like, it was an SNL sketch with Eddie Murphy from back in the day where he's like this reggae singer and he, he's at this like, I don't know what the, some old white people like at a, you know, a, a, a whatever, a Shriners little meeting and, and they're like, oh, we've got this reggae singer and he comes out and he's like, kill the white people, whoa. And it's like, that's a joke. But no, this is what we're nowadays you know, so that's not racist because, it, and, and you see the, the mainstream media bending over backwards to explain why it's not racist. It's just, you know, it's just a cultural thing. It's just hearkening to history. It's blah, blah. It's, you know, it's certainly not racist to talk about killing all white people, you know. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it, basically John Carter's right. Like at this point, racist is basically just an ethnic slur for white people. So there's that. Anyway, back to what I was going to say about this story. So apparently, this principal, Richard Biltzo, which I'm adding insult to injury here by mispronouncing his last name. I don't even know how to pronounce this. Uh, he's dead now. He killed himself after being uh, shamed publicly by a DEI trainer. And then his apparently his employer, the school district, would, was actually siding with the DEI trainer when he complained about it and made public statements about how, you know, he... he to the effect that he was racist and problematic and yada, yada. So anyway, he eventually resigned. Um, and then he wound up just recently killing himself. Um, you know, which now this goes and another interesting thing. So one of these tweets now that Elon Musk has, is on it. And, uh, 
I think it was in wokeness that had this tweet uh, talking about how you know comparing the different rates of murder slash murder and suicide by demographic, and he's like, you know, black people or black men kill each other, white men kill themselves. You know, anyway, and Elon Musk responded with something like, interesting. You know, but here's another example of that. This guy he, he responds by killing himself. Um, yeah, so suicide, obviously, that's not the answer. Now, um, maybe he should have been more, you know, culturally progressive, though, and and adopted the techniques or the strategies of the way black people respond to these things. Because we know that black people, you know, if we're going to be practicing DEI, we got to embrace black culture. So maybe he should have embraced black culture, and instead of killing himself, he should have killed her. I don't know. I'm not saying murder's good, but just in this instance, maybe he should have done the black thing, you know, and said, okay, I, I understand I'm going to get rid of my toxic white maleness and instead, you know, adopt the black cultural practice of murdering this woman for dissing him publicly, right? Just, of course, then that would be cultural appropriation. So I guess he's kind of damned if he, whatever he does. He's going to be racist. He's going to be, you know, so. Anyway, but she apparently was paid $7,500 an hour. And apparently she's heard, uh, so this is a story from the Daily Mail uh, that says, the headline is, Bully DEI trainer paid $7,500 an hour is heard laughing as she taunts beloved gay school principal driven to suicide for questioning her woke diktats as, uh, you know, anyway. So, um, yeah, she gets paid $7,500 an hour to talk about how oppressed she is, which, of course, that's the hallmark of oppression right there when you're getting paid $7,500 an hour. Now, here's an interesting thing, too. He's gay, and usually, now, the way this whole victimology hierarchy thing works, and in our culture, everything's upside down, and it's like the more victimized you are, the more power you have, the more status you have, right? So people will like act like victims. It's called cry bullying. You know, you want to present yourself it's like i'm so victimized so then you get power you get influence then you get to you know beat up on other people right well not beat up because violence is bad we do it the 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 feminine style of you know toxic femininity where you don't go beat somebody up directly you just slander their reputation you know publicly and undermine their position in you know their organization or whatever character assassination that kind of thing so anyway Kiki Ojo Thompson, this is the person who gets paid $7,500 an hour to tell people about how racist and white supremacist they are. I wonder, you know, that's an interesting thing there. This whole thing about like, okay, going back to, to take a step back, this whole dynamic is so freaking weird, right? Like, I don't, you, you know, you look at this, sometimes it's just like, and, and maybe this is part of, why it's so successful is because it's so nonsensical it's like people's their ooda loop their uh, you know there's this thing called ooda loop uh, observe orient decide and act where your ooda loop gets reset you know here by this being so absurd people are like this can't be real and then it's like another absurdity and they're trying to make sense of it trying to and there's no making sense of it that's the thing it's like these are just people that are bad actors they just use, you know, they just say the most outrageous shit. And, you know, it, it's a technique that narcissists and psychopaths, frankly, will use. They'll, like, you know, deliberately cross or violate social norms. And then, 
you they the expectation is that you will then try to meet them halfway or be reasonable or whatever or like or 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 think that they're acting in good faith right so anyway they make these outrageous things and so like in this instance you have an ibram kenny's an example this robin d'angelo all these different people right get paid big money by big institutions government private you know banks will pay them fortune 500 companies will pay them you know they'll get all kinds of government grants huge amounts of money that they'll get to then say, oh, the system is racist, it's terrible, it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but yet the very system that they complain about as being racist is the one paying them this big money to complain about how racist the system is, right? It doesn't make sense on one level. You know, it's like, you know, okay, so so first of all, here with this, it's like, why does the system want to pay people to gin up this resentment against itself, against the system? It's like being racist, right? It's like there's this whole th- way where it's like if you if now the system is like the system is a problem, but we need what's the solution going to be? Oh, we need another like even Kennedy says we need a, a government uh, entity. We need a constitutional amendment about anti-racism. We need a government entity called the Department of Anti-Racism. DOA, which should be dead on arrival, but DOA, you know, Department of Anti-Racism and somebody, presumably him, is going to be in charge of it. And they're going to have veto power over everything. They're going to have like this super, you know, above and beyond the three branches of government. There's going to exist this even higher branch of government, the Department of Anti-Racism, that's going to get to decide, oh, we don't, the law that you passed is having this disparate impact or whatever, so therefore we're going to invalidate it. You know, it's just a way to, the system, for it to grow itself and increase its own size and scope and give it another reason to meddle in your life and in your business and all that. There's a very nefarious scheme here. But yeah, I mean, the other thing too is just how absurd it is. Where you have, you know, rich black people getting paid big money by rich white people to tell, you know, working class or poor black people hey those working class and poor white people they're the ones that are fucking you over you know take it from us the rich black people getting paid big money by the rich white people you know or the rich institutions right so it's like big banks they're certainly not the enemy but yet they'll pay ibram kendi six figures a pop to give a speech on how racist america is right and what's the solution it's always it's never like okay we're gonna just like take the banks and uh they're obviously racist this whole system is racist we see banks as being the the prime mover here and all this stuff that goes on so we're gonna just abolish these fucking banks and expropriate their funds and distribute them to regular black people to make up for all this oppression that's never the answer right it's it's always like uh you know, we, we you, you're going to have to deny a promotion to this regular white guy just trying to do his job, you know, because he's the reason America's so fucked up. So we're going to, he's not going to get promoted. We're going to promote, you know, his less qualified black coworker over him. That's the solution. And brought to you, sponsored by J.P. Morgan Chase, you know. It's like because J.P. Morgan Chase, they're they're definitely in the in the business of you know helping the underdog and making sure America, the the whole civilization is more fair and all that, right? But people fall for this shit. Anyway, so 
this woman, and this is one of the things, is like she's got Kiki Ojo Thompson, which I think Kiki Ojo, she's, you know, her family probably hails from Nigeria. And nothing against Nigerians. I mean, there's some great Nigerians. I, I love uh, the book, Things Fall Apart. Chinua Achebe is one of my favorite uh, writers, you know. I like a goosey soup and pounded jam. It's good stuff, right? But palm wine, if you've never had palm wine, it's fucking awesome. Um, but Kiki Ojo, I don't know what if she's Igbo or Yoruba or whatever. I think she's Yoruba because Kiki Ojo actually is Yoruba for filthy fucking lying cunt bitch. You know, um, that's just, they're very compact with their language. Like you, it's one of those things where sometimes you'll, you'll have these foreign terms and it'll be like, you know, two words and it'll mean this entire like paragraph worth of stuff, you know, or like Chinese, Japanese, it'll have like one character and be like, Oh, this character means, you know, this, you know, long definition. Well, it's kind of like this. It's like Europe is very precise, very concise or whatever, compact. You know, it says a lot. So Kiki Ojo, it's just four syllables. And yet it means filthy fucking cunt lying bitch. Something like that, right? So anyway, I'm just translating. Um, so Kiki Ojo Thompson, um, in other words, filthy fucking lying cunt bitch Thompson, is it, so this is from her uh bio so she's an award-winning equity thought leader she's renowned for her work and expertise at, so here's the thing if you look at her her stuff so I, I put together a timeline some of it from her linkedin page um where it says that she graduated with a ba in bullshit oh i'm sorry it's not a ba in bullshit it's a ba in um anti-racism or something like that what is it yeah, I'm trying to navigate back to this. Uh, but she graduated with a BA in 1998. Okay, she got a um, Bachelor of Arts in Sociology and International Justice and Human Rights in 1997 from McMaster University, wherever the fuck that is. And then she got uh, a Master in Arts in Sociology and Equity Studies from the University of Toronto in 1999, right? So, okay, she she gets this bachelor's degree in bullshit slash with a minor in sociology and international justice and human rights in 1997. And while she's working on her master's, um, she starts this organization called, let's see, what's her, she's a founder and CEO of Kojo Institute. Um, January 1998 to present, 25 years and eight months. Kojo Institute, and this is from her LinkedIn page, Kojo Institute is a leading consultancy that partners with organizations to unlock their potential by navigating the challenges connected to equity, bias, diversity, inclusion, anti-oppression, and anti-racism. <clears throat> Fucking vomit, man. It's just this word salad of bullshit. All the buzzwords, right? And I, I gotta hand it to her. It's like, she, hate the player, not the or hate the game, not the player, whatever. She forward thinking 1998 she's you know ear to the ground in this sociology department where she's like oh, I know the way of the future is going to be all this word salad of fucking bullshit critical this critical that Marxist nonsense and she's like I'm going to get in on this cash cow before this you know gravy train leaves the station right so she's forward thinking she starts as founder and CEO of the Kojo Institute 1998 Right, fresh out of out of college, she's like, I got this worthless degree in you know, economic justice and sociology and all this. Stuff. What am I gonna do with it? Or I'm sorry, international. What the fuck was she in? So she, 
her degree, Bachelor of Arts in Sociology and International Justice and Human Rights. Who even knew that was a thing? Well, anyway, you can get a bachelor's degree in International Justice and Human Rights. And she's like, what am I going to do with this? I know I'm going to get, I'm going to lay the groundwork now. So when this gravy train of DEI nonsense leaves the station, I will be on board. I will be in the locomotive ready to fucking make off like a bandit with this money from the government, from whatever. So she starts this, this, you know, institute. And it's one of those things. It's like you, you just hold yourself out there long enough as an expert. You can make up whatever the fuck you want. And now that's her thing. It's like, well, she's got this many years of experience and in, in expertise in anti-racism, anti-oppression frameworks. It's like, it just you just make up shit and you just do it long enough and you hold yourself and you use the right buzzwords and you call yourself a director and a founder and a this and that and a, and a you know and a consultant an equity consultant so anyway she starts off she's never obviously she's never really held a real job she's never made anything useful you know with her life i mean last week i was talking about kamala harris and i was like at least kamala harris you know she's like a, a mentor to these young women who you know are on only fans and they're like you know i don't know what to do with my life other than just show my titties to random strangers on the internet right but it's big money now but what am i going to do when i get older and my titties are like a little wrinkled and droopy and men don't want to pay big money to see them online anymore what am i going to do and kamala harris is like hey i started out as a prostitute too which she did sucking willie brown's dick you know, and she, but she parlayed that into a political career. Now she's a vice president, right? So it's like, with Kamala Harris, at least she, you know, did something useful. I mean, she sucked dick, apparently, and did it good enough that Willie Brown, the former mayor of San Francisco, was like, oh, open doors for you, Kamala. Make it happen. You know, and so anyway, she got her start in California politics. Kiki Ojo Thompson, I, there's not even an indication that she did anything as useful as sucking dick. She just went out there and just got on this fucking DEI nonsense right off the jump, making, I mean, it's just, a, a, again, like, this is one of those things. It's not supposed to make sense. That's the whole thing. It's just, it's it's a way like while normal people try to wrap their minds around what the fuck does this even mean like how can you be oppressed and be getting paid seventy five hundred dollars an hour to talk about some fucking bullshit it has nothing to do with anything right just make shit up and so this was the thing this woman apparently she at this meeting or whatever it was that she was hired by you know the school uh to do she was talking about how um Canada is more racist than the United States, which may be the case. I don't know. I mean, the prime minister did wear blackface, you know, uh, Justin Turdo, you know. Um, and apparently white supremacy is such a big thing in Canada that the trucker convoy, which Justin Turdo characterized as white supremacist and blah, 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 you know, xenophobic and transphobic. It included all these native peoples, all these black people, all these like uh, Sikh and Indian immigrants, you know, participating in this trucker convoy. So that's how white supremacist Canada is. They even got the white, the, the Indian immigrants and the Sikhs and the natives and the blacks and all that joining in this white supremacist movement to shut down the Capitol with their truck honking, truck horn honking and prayer circles and all that sort of stuff right so maybe it is now the united states were pretty racist to our president um joe brandon you know he uh, apparently um you know didn't want kamala harris to ride the school bus when she was a kid or something like that i don't know what 
the, the issue was. But, you know, she, she got on to him about that during one of the presidential debates. She's like, God, you're such a racist. I was a little girl, and I wanted to ride the school bus, and you wouldn't let me because you were racist. You know, with these black girls. Something to that effect. And then, you know, but then she wound up deciding, oh, you know, well, he's, he's an all right guy after all. Yeah, he was racist, and, you know, he, he wanted to destroy my childhood by not letting me ride the bus, whatever it was that she was mad at him at. But then once he said, hey, you can be vice president with me, she's like, all right, sure. And I don't even have to suck your dick like I suck Joe, uh, you know, whatever, Willie Brown's dick, you know. So it all worked out. But apparently in the United States, we also have white supremacists who are non-white, like Larry Elder, the who was a black man uh, running for governor of California. If you remember, they called him the black face of white supremacy. Winsome Sears, lieutenant governor of Virginia, first black lieutenant governor. She is a uh, Marine or former Marine. She's, uh, you know... Uh, you know, very big gun rights activist, all that sort of stuff. She's very dark skinned, unmistakably black, but she's white supremacist. According to, I think, uh, MSNBC's Michael Dyson, I believe was one that said this thing about her being, there's actually a black mouth movement, but it's the white supremacist ideas on the, you know, whatever. Right. So we have our black white supremacists too. So anyway, bottom line is white supremacy is fast becoming a very progressive and multicultural movement. I think we need to, you know, give credit where credit is due to the white supremacists for, uh, you know, embracing these DEI initiatives and elevating black voices, you know, promoting black women and black men to positions of influence in their movement, such as Winsome Sears and Larry Elder and Candace Owen and Thomas Sowell and Clarence Thomas and yada, yada. So anyway, back to what I was saying though. Um, so apparently this woman, Kiki Ojo Thompson, which again, if you remember is, uh, Yoruba for filthy fucking lying cunt bitch Thompson. Um, so she was giving this presentation where she's getting paid $7,500 an hour or thereabouts to tell people about how racist society is and how oppressed she is. Well, if I was white, I bet you I'd be getting paid $9,000 an hour to get, tell you this stuff. Well, she might be. Maybe. I mean, because maybe Robin D'Angelo makes more money than she makes to say this stuff. So maybe that is a sign. I don't know. But she's talking about how racist Canada is. This guy, Biltsko, speaks up and says, I don't know about that. Um, and she's, you know, lets him have it by saying, let me... Now I need to find this. Uh, my computer is a piece of shit and it's very slow. So, uh, yeah. So during the training, Biltsko alleged that Ojo Thompson told ed- educators, this is from the New York Post story, that Canada could be considered more racist than the U.S. Uh, great. Now I'm getting this. Sorry. Uh, this pop-up ad from the New York Post saying, you got a ad blocker. Please unblock this. All right. Anyway. But she says, we're here to talk about anti-black racism but in your whiteness, you think you could tell me that what's really going on for black people? And then she apparently lectured him. And then in a subsequent um, session of this um, seminar that she's getting paid $7,500 an hour to do, she spent hours ripping on this guy. So apparently when he complained about it, her his employer backed her up and was like, yeah, I think she's right. She's you know, appeared to be racist. You're problematic, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, so, like, it even made a public statement to that effect. So, bottom line, I'm having trouble getting my piece of shit computer navigating to these different stories on these this window that I have open. Uh, here's the thing. 
is um, it's all bullshit, right? He should have just, instead of killing himself, he should have done like what John Carter was talking about in his post. He should have said, you know what? You're right, bitch. I am racist or something like that. So anyway, maybe that's the thing. At this point, racist is just basically an ethnic slur for white people, as John Carter says. So maybe you should just own it. Fuck it, you know? Uh, I mean, of course, I, I, uh, I don't know. You know, it, it is a weird time to be alive. And then here's, a, here's what it kind of comes down to, too, is the whole identity politics thing, right? Normally, gay trumps black. Black trumps pretty much every other race. So, like, if a black person gets into it with an Asian person, it's like, well, the black person's obviously the aggrieved party, usually. Usually, that's how it works, right? Like, you know, stop Asian hate, right? White people need to stop Asian hate. Oh, and then somebody points out, you know, most of these attacks on the Asians are taking place. It's like black people, black men particularly, but black people in San Francisco and L.A. and uh, New York that are actually committing the most violence against Asian people, right? So stop Asian hate. Are you going to speak out against the black people and the black culture that is fomenting this anti-Asian hatred? And they're like, oh, uh, never mind. Let's change the subject now. You know, so it's like if you're Asian – you're more victimized than white people. So in a, in a competition between a white person and an Asian person, the Asian person's, you know, grievance is going to take priority. But when it comes to black people, their grievances take priority over Hispanics, over Asians, whatever. Um, case in point, you know, that uh, in New York, when the bodega owner, you know, was attacked by this uh, black guy after his, girlfriend if you remember the story black woman goes in her ebt snap you know food stamp card doesn't have enough funds on it for her to buy her potato chips she's like gotta have my potato chips and she's like give me the potato chips and the bodega owner is like no i I need money for these potato chips i don't run a charity here i need money to remain profitable i paid for the potato chips I, you, I need you to pay for them if you're going to take them. And she's like, oh, fuck that, that's racist. And she went and she went to her boyfriend, who's this, you know, ex-felon who's on parole for whatever. He being a piece of shit, basically. And he's like, what? He didn't give you the potato chips? And motherfucker. And he goes up with a, and she goes up with him. She brings a knife and uh, she actually stabs this bodega owner. The boyfriend starts beating him up. The bodega owner somehow gets a hold of the knife and then stabs the boyfriend with it, right? End result, piece of shit Alvin Bragg, Marxist DA from Manhattan, uh, presses charges against the bodega owner and not the girlfriend. And, of course, the boyfriend's dead. Goodbye and good riddance. This guy should have gotten a key to the city. Oh, you help us took out the trash by killing this piece of shit? Nope. You're you're going to Rikers Island. Well, eventually there was enough public outcry, you know. Even Marxist Alvin Bragg was like, "All right, well, we won't press charges." After he was held in Rikers Island for like a week, he got released. The dude's like, "Fuck that, I'm out of here." He went back to the Dominican Republic, you know. So anyway, if you're Hispanic and you have a grievance against a black person, the black person is going to take priority. If you're gay, though. Usually that takes the most priority, right? You get fucked up the ass, or better yet, if you're like, you know what, I'm actually a woman, I'm going to cut my balls and my dick off and just wear a dress, then you get the most victimhood points, right? But the big if there is what are your politics? Because if you're gay and you're conservative, 
doesn't matter. You lose. You're at the bottom of the heap when it comes to victimology, right? If you're black and you're conservative, oh, you're not even black. You're a white supremacist. You're you're Thomas Sowell. You're a fucking white supremacist. Your uncle, you're Clarence Thomas. You're Uncle Tom. You know, that you're Candace Owens. You're a white supremacist, right? So it's like if you're black, it doesn't even matter. If you espouse conservative ideas, well, you're a white supremacist. So you might as well be white. You're transracial. Rachel Dolezal cannot change race and become black. But if you're black and you espouse a conservative worldview you become white essentially and so fuck you get out of here but white people on the left can say whatever the fuck they want about you you they can use any racial slur they want up to and including then word it doesn't matter because you're not not even black you're a a white supremacist candace owens or winsome sears or larry elder or whatever right all right in this case this guy is gay so he should have been pretty high up there in the victimology hierarchy but he questioned the narrative. What? I don't know that Canada is really more racist than uh, the United States. Oh, that's it. You just forfeited your privilege, whatever it might be, you know, as a gay person. Now, you know, anybody can say anything they want about you, and this black woman did. She's black, plus she's, you know, saying the right narrative, so obviously she's oppressed. $7,500 an hour, that's oppressed, right? To, to just have no real skills, just get up and just accuse society of being racist. You know, pay me more money, motherfucker, so that I can tell you how racist you is. Right, so this is Kiki Ojo Thompson again. Kiki Ojo standing for filthy fuck, filthy lying fucking cunt bitch, um, something to that effect. Anyway, so filthy fucking lying cunt bitch Thompson uh, <laughs> spent an entire day, then or, or several hours at least, following that, just talking about this guy, what a problem he was. So anyway, dude wound up killing himself, which is is sad, but you know. As I said, maybe you should have followed, you know, borrowed from black culture and handled it like a black man, which is kill that fucking stupid, filthy fucking lying cunt bitch. Not saying, you know, murder's good, but, you know, we're, we're celebrating black culture here. And that's the solution that black America has found. If somebody disses you in public, you take out your piece and you shoot them, right? You know, bust a cap in their ass, right? So that's basically what he should probably have done, you know? He should have, he should have gotten in, in touch with, you know, the the culture the rich culture of you know black america now here's one last thing that i'll say this woman uh kiki ojo thompson filthy fucking lion cunt bitch thompson in other words to translate from the yoruba to english uh and her kojo institute you know she's her family now i couldn't find out where exactly she's from but just given her name it's possible she changed her name but Given that she's got a hyphenated name with Thompson, I, I don't. I'm guessing, and just looking at her, she's probably if she didn't immigrate to Canada from Nigeria, her parents probably did. Chances are, this woman was not around for slavery or any of the other stuff. And in fact, of course, if she remembered her history, Canada was one of the places that escaped slaves escaped to, right? But whatever. Um, and this is another thing, and I'll just end with this, that bothers me now. This whole victimology thing. Now with victim, victimhood being currency and giving you status in society, right? So if you're white, you know, you're said like, hey, shut up, white man, which is basically what she told him. It's like, hey, you're part of the problem with your whiteness. How can you presume to say what black people are? Blah, 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 blah. But even though she's getting up there and she's telling people about what white people are like and what white people think, 
She's entitled to do that because she's black. But if you try to say anything, so oh, I don't know if that's true. Oh, well, you wouldn't know because you're white. You can't speak to the black experience. But I can speak to your experience, you motherfucker. So anyway, she she um seems to be somebody who her family was not even around during the days of Jim Crow, segregation, slavery. And she wasn't even, not even in the same country as that stuff either, right? But with victimhood being, giving you, preference in today's society thanks to dei mandates and all that it's like right you're you're from a uh, historically marginalized group therefore you are up here and you get preferences for all kinds of stuff admissions to you know higher education government grants small business loans you know whatever uh raises your your employer who is very concerned about their esg score is going to be more likely to promote you based on your uh immutable characteristics right you know so if you're white, you're told, well, hey, you know, you benefit from all this white privilege in this society that you're, uh, you know, in fact, your ancestors didn't even build it. It was 100% slaves. Slaves came over and they built everything. And white people were just like, they're just sitting around sipping uh, iced tea and mint juleps. And they just took all, everything. And, and you know, the black people just built the whole thing all by themselves, you know. Say, hey, well, how come they didn't do that in Africa? How come they built it here when they were slaves but not when they were free people in Africa? Oh, shut up. Don't don't change your subject. Um Anyway, you're now supposed to just sit in the back of the line and just listen to them. These are your wise elders. They're, they outrank you because they're more victimized than you. And it's one thing, it, it's still bullshit, but it's one thing when it's like, all right, well, this person, they descended, their ancestors were slaves in this country and they suffered through Jim Crow. And, you know, there's this, right? That's, the, that's one thing you can, it's not a good argument, but you can at least make the argument. But then you have people that's like, like Kamala Harris. Uh, the ancestors weren't even here for that, right? Like Kamala Harris is a, like her mom is from India. Her dad's from Jamaica, right? It's like, she wasn't even around. Her ancestors weren't around for that, but she claims, you know, this I'm standing on top of, you know, the sacrifices of all these other black people's, uh, ancestors. When I claim my own, you know, share in this victimology, you know, poker pot that I'm claiming I should win. Right. But this coat, Kiki Ojo Thompson, again, filthy fucking lying cunt bitch Thompson. Um, I would bet, I can't verify this, but I would bet this bitch's ancestors weren't even, I, I bet you she didn't even go three generations back in Canada or North America, period. I bet you her ancestors were in Nigeria or some other Central African, West African country. Right, so what's the moral of that? She is basically this. She comes over. This is how. Oh, your country's so racist. My ancestors came over here 30 years ago, and I'm in no hurry to go back to where they came from. Um, and I'm going to jump ahead of you in the line of social, cultural, economic preferences. You know, by virtue of the fact that I got black skin, and I'm in Canada, and I don't get enough sunlight, and so I get vit- vitamin D deficiency. I get rickets, and I'm oppressed, and I get $7,500 an hour to tell you how awful your society is. No, I'm not going back to Africa because fuck that. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to remind you of your white privilege, you white motherfucker. It's like your ancestors weren't even a part of any of this shit. How the fuck do you come over here and then you just jump to the front of the line? Oh, I'm Kiki Ojo Thompson, filthy fucking white bitch, filthy fucking lying cunt bitch Thompson. I'm just going to tell you about how awful your society is and get $7,500 an hour to do it. You know? And it, So this guy, presumably, now I don't know how far back his ancestry goes either, this guy who killed himself, right? Um, 
But I would say it's a higher likelihood that his ancestry goes back in Canada than that hers does. And I'm going to be racist there and say that. Just looking at her, looking at her name and all that, I'm guessing she doesn't go back all that far in terms of her ancestry connected to Canada or North America, period, right? But she comes over and it's like first generation, second generation, bam, here we are. We're racist. We're oppressed. We're, we deserve a share of this payout that you white uh, motherfuckers of Canada and white motherfuckers of the United States owe to my people by virtue of all the oppression we faced in this country. It's like, but your people weren't even in this country. How the fuck? You know, that's how it works. So, and, and one last thing. I remember hearing a Indian woman, um, first generation immigrant. Oh, she was brought here as a small child. And she was talking about how white supremacist America is, you know, and she described all this stuff, you know, about how white supremacist America is and how, you know, uh, all these different things. And and I'm like, you know what? That sounds an awful lot like a caste system. Jeez, I wonder where I've heard that before, you know, caste system. Hmm, Thank you, Indian lady, for coming to the United States and telling us about the evils of caste systems and how awful we are forever having had one. You know, it's like that type of... No self-awareness, no real historical awareness, no interest in being honest, fuck the truth, fuck, you know, context, fuck all that stuff. I'm just going to come here and get on this gravy train and pay up, motherfucker, you fucking white motherfucker. And that's Kiki Ojo Thompson, filthy fucking lying cunt bitch Thompson. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's my rant, ramble on this subject. If you disagree, by all means, go to the Substack. I'm going to, you know... Post this, uh, it'll be on Substack, but it'll also be distributed to the podcast apps, streaming platforms, and all that. So if you're listening to it on a podcast app, streaming platform, go to the Substack. Let me know in the comments if you think I'm full of shit. If you think I'm giving filthy fucking lying cunt bitch Thompson, a.k.a. Kiki Ojo, a tough time if I'm being unfair. But, uh, I don't know. Fucking filthy fucking lying cunt bitch Thompson. That's just what. Anyway. Yeah. You know how awful America and Canada are. But you don't see them in a hurry to go back to Africa, right? So same thing with, um, and, and again, and this is one of the things where, where um, Ilhan Omar is another one like this, right? So she immigrates to the United States as a child, flees, you know, violent, war-torn uh, Somalia, right? Somalia is a shithole. She flees with her family. They come to the United States. Where the United States is like, hey, uh, come on in. We'll give you safe, uh, a safe place to live. A safe place to raise your, your kids. We'll give you a place where you can be anything. Even a congresswoman, right? You don't even have to be all that smart. You can be a lying, filthy, fucking cunt bitch. Like lying, filthy, fucking cunt bitch Kiki Ojo Thompson. You can be even like that. And come here and you can r- rise through the ranks and, and of society and even become a congresswoman. You would think she would at least pretend to be a little bit grateful for that, right? Like, hey, thank you, United States, for offering my family a place to stay when we needed it, for giving me these opportunities. Nope, just burn it all down. Just fuck it. This is the most evil place. Every chance she gets, she cannot wait to criticize, condemn, trash, demonize the very country that took her fucking worthless family in, right? And her, you know, anyway. It's just one of those things. It's like, you know, if... This is called racism to just say, like, you have a problem with that, with people being, 
you know, just demonizing and wanting to destroy everything good about the society in which they live just to get a little bit of extra of that gravy train for themselves. Like, fuck, I don't care if I tear down the country and make people kill themselves and just ruin people's lives and, you know, it results in, in rampant disorder and violent crime out the wazoo and all this sort of dysfunction, a loss of competence. I don't care as long as I get my $7,500 an hour. That's all that matters to me, Kiki Ojo Thompson, filthy fucking lying cunt bitch Thompson, right? If, if criticizing and condemning that and saying, like, fuck that cunt, right? If it's so bad, you know, you're like two, three generations deep probably, if that, in, in Canada, in this country that you want to trash, go to Africa. Who, you know, I'm sure they will be happy to have you. Take your, all this ill-gotten blood money that you've gotten you're from $7,500 an hour, all the hours that you spent lecturing and haranguing and criticizing and condemning you know, white people in their society, take all that money back to wherever fucking country your ancestry hails from. And I'm sure they'll be happy to have you. If you want to immigrate there and say, Hey, I want to come over and I got all this money. And I, you know, I'm sure they will be oh so thrilled. Why don't you do it? You know? And so that's what I'm saying. Like put up or shut up. If, if, if it's really that bad, then get the fuck out. Nobody's stopping you. And I would support reparations like that. Hey, let's do reparations, all right? On the condition that you renounce your American citizenship and go wherever the fuck you want to go. Or Canadian citizen, if, if Canada wants to do reparations. You just say, hey, if you really think it's that bad here, you know, I've noticed something. I've noticed that when it comes to people, you know, getting on the a boat and, or, and going or, or fleeing to try to immigrate to a place, for some reason, it's always people going from there over to here. It's never the other way around. Richard Jenny... Had a great bit about that on his classic album, uh, Big Steaming Pile of Me. But it's true, right? And if it's like, if, if it's really that, that bad, here you go. Here's your reparations. And now take the money and you know give us your citizenship since you think this is such a piece of shit. And you go to Africa and you you know they'll be happy to have you with that money. And you just go there and we go our separate ways. Perfect, right? That's not a thing. I don't say that because I want all black people out of here. I think black people, you know... At least the white supremacists among them, such as Larry Elder and Candace Owens and, uh, you know, Clarence Thomas and Thomas Sowell and so forth. I think they've, you know, contributed a lot to at least in American culture, right? So I'm happy with the white supremacist black people. <laughs> but if it's racist to say to the people like Ibram Kendi, hey, if you really think it's that bad, just get go. Nobody's stopping you. Why the fuck are you still here, you know? Like, you, you don't even like the place you're like, oh, it's been terrible for black people from day one. We can't ever get ahead, you know? Uh... And, and you know, they, if, if America's not going to create a new department of anti-racism and put me in the head of it and allow me to have veto power over everything that Congress and the president ever do, then I think it's racist and, and it just should be destroyed. You know, well, get the fuck out, man. Like, nobody, again, anyway, and especially if you're Kiki Ojo Thompson, filthy fucking lion cunt bitch Thompson. If your ancestry wasn't even here for any of this stuff and you want to come over here and I want to stand on top of the suffering of all the black ancestry that I didn't have who wasn't in this country getting oppressed when it was oppressive and I just want to get paid $7,500 an hour. All right. But anyway, if that makes me a racist for saying it, then all right. I guess maybe John Carter's right. At this point, racist is basically just an ethnic slur for white people and we should just own it. Make it our word. So you meet another white person. Hey, what's up, my racist? Nothing much, racist. What's up with you? And if anyone else uses it in your presence, just chimp. Yo, what the fuck? Did you just call me? You know, anyway. I'm going to post a link to John Carter's note as well as uh, whatever else in the show notes. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast. Um, 
and uh, by all means visit the the Substack page where this podcast will be and comment there if you want to tell me that I'm full of shit or whatever, right? Sometimes these conversations can be in the comment threads can be more interesting than the original post. So by all means tune in, uh, make your voice heard or whatever. Chime in, make your voice heard. This is Daniel D with a Ghost of the Machine the podcast. Going to release this on Sunday, August 6, 2023. Uh, y'all have a great week. Hasta luego, my racist motherfucker. Shit.